In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Smooth My Balls. Are you sick of snagging your nuts or cutting yourself with a generic Bic razor or generic clipper? Well, now you don't have to worry. Smooth My Balls offers a five-star below-the-belt care for men, starting with the Turf Chopper 3.0, the next-level razor that provides a very smooth and clean finish with no cuts on your sack. And coming in for the closer, you got the Pube Muncher 1.0, a compact mini vac that cleans up the job with no hair left behind. Head over to smoothmyballs.com today and use code league at checkout for 15% off your top of the line men's grooming kit. Again, that's league L E A G U E for 15% off smooth. My balls shave like a pro. Rep Sports. Rep Sports is a leading supplements and nutrition company that provides everything from pre-workout and protein to recovery supplements. If you're looking for a healthy pick-me-up, Rep also offers Raise Energy, a zero-sugar drink that helps with workout, with workout and recovery uh, mental focus as well. Head over to repsports.com today and use code LEAGUE for 15% off your order. That's L-E-A-G-U-E for 15% off. Golf kicks. Tired of wearing the same old pair of boring golf shoes? Not the most comfortable? Now you don't have to worry. Customize all types of shoes from Crocs to flip-flops, sneakers to boat shoes, and wear them in style while you rip it up on the course. Head over to golfkicks.com and use code OWN20 at checkout to get a 20% discount on your order. That's O-W-N-20. Screw your shoes. Dreamer loot. Want to rep the best up-and-coming sports podcast? Of course you do. Head over to streamerloot.co today and check out our first line of, of merch. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers. Again, that is streamerloot.co to check out our merch. Hey, everybody. It is Monday, May 10th, 2021. Connor McDavid hits with a 100-point mark in a shortened NHL season, and J. Cole is set to play in the Basketball Africa League. There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. All right, again, everybody, welcome to the show. It is Monday. Uh... A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Diving right into the NFL. What is going on over in the NFL? Big news in the NFL is Zach Wilson says he is ready for the fight, for the starting job. He never expected that it was going to be handed to him. He's always worked for everything he's ever got in his entire life. So kid's ready to compete. He's ready to get in there and, uh, potentially be the starter for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, he. Um, I don't even know who he's competing with, to be honest, because Sam Darnold's gone. So, um, I mean, it's good for him to obviously have that mindset of, okay, this isn't going to get handed to me. I got to work for it. Um, though it seems like he's obviously the favorite to have that position. But um, obviously not. Or it's good for the young guy not to be too cocky, not basically think that it's going to be handed to him. So, um yeah, excited to see how he turns that organization around if he does get the QB one spot. Yeah, kids got a lot of lot of uh, a lot of people are praising him at the number two pick. So hopefully, he ain't a bust. For sure. Um, I got a couple points here. Uh, uh, the Colts they reached a one year deal with former Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher. Um, really good move for them. Uh. I know the the Chiefs, they've kind of moved on. They've signed a lot of guys. So it's good to see them kind of, I guess, move on from as good as Eric Fisher was. And then the Colts jumped right on him and took him to get uh, Carson Wentz some protection. So it seems like a good move for both teams. Uh, Didn't see the exact details of how much that deal was worth. But again, one-year deal, just along with everybody else because the next year the cap space going up. So hopefully he gets a good payday next year, but uh, yeah, good move for the Colts and hopefully uh, he can give one some good protection. Yeah. Agreed. Great move for the Colts uh, beefing up that line, give Wentz that protection. Like you just 
just said. Um, and yeah, it's really going to be a new leaf for Carson Wentz here. So I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do this season now that he's actually got a line in front of him and he's got some weapons on the outside and then he's got JT to hand the ball off to in the backfield. So it's going to be a great season, I feel like, for the for all Colts fans out there. For sure. And then the other NFL points I had for today, uh, for those of you who may have watched it yesterday, DK Metcalf, receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, he ran a 10.37 yesterday trying to qualify for the Olympics in the 100-meter dash. Uh, he would end up finishing last in his heat. He took ninth place, but he did take 15th out of 17 overall, so he didn't take last. Um I can't remember who it was who called him out or I guess was kind of talking to him on social media, but they're like, dude, why'd you do that? He was like, everybody else is scared to. So I, I just went out there and did it. So, I mean, obviously he didn't, he didn't qualify 10.37. It's still cooking really fast. I know last week we were talking about him being closer to probably an 11, but um, I mean, 10.37 is pretty damn good. So good for him for at least trying. Hopefully that kind of opens the door bridging the the gap between the NFL, NBA, all these other leagues. I know the NBA is already in, in the Olympics, but um, obviously football is not. So this is really the only way for NFL athletes to get into the Olympics is through probably your running events, maybe a high jump for a tall, lanky guy. Um, yeah, kind of cool to see how that, that went down. Yeah, it was cool to see. Um... Just like I expected, he was gonna get his ass whooped. But for the same for for the same fact, I do have to give him a tremendous amount of respect for getting out there and competing against these guys who literally have spent their whole life learning on how to do this. Where he's maybe had six to eight weeks, maybe tops, to train on learning how to get out of the blocks and all that stuff. And standing next to all those other guys, he was at least. I don't know, I'd say 50 to 70 pounds heavier than all of those guys and taller. So I don't know. I I feel like if he would have a full year to work on his running, I feel like he could shave maybe a tenth of a second off, get down to the 2.9, range. But he's a little bit too big for, for a sprinter like that. Um, he's just too jacked. Like you say in Bolt, the reason why he was super, he's not super jacked like DK is, you know, like sprinters, the short, the like if you're smaller, you got to be jacked because you have to be explosive. But if you're taller, you don't want to be super jacked. You want to be light and lengthy and quick, which you say in Bolt is. And yeah, it was really cool to see that. Uh, props, props to DK. Yeah, and I know, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, Patrick Mahomes on Twitter added uh, Tyreek Hill saying, hey, you next. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, between him and He'd Scottie, have a better chance. Yeah, he uh, he would. Him, him or Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller from the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Both of those seem like kind of the two fastest guys in the league. Otherwise, Raheem Mostert actually um, had was clocked at the fastest speed last season. Um, and I think it. It was like the first play of the game. I want to see it was against the Jets. I remember the game because I had him on uh, fantasy last year, and I was super hyped when that happened. But, yeah, it was like 23.4 miles per hour or something um, was what he was clocked at last year, which was the fastest. So there's a couple other guys that are right at that level, if not a little faster than DK. Um, So hopefully DK kind of broke the ice on that and maybe warmed some of these other guys up to try it. I don't know if – it might be a little too late this season. You probably would have had to um, submit to try to qualify unless there's more qualifiers down the road. But yeah, I think that was the last one before okay. the trials. Yeah. That's what I thought. But yeah, I don't know next year, um, next Olympics three, well, yeah, now three years down the road for summer Olympics. Um, yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see some more NFL guys try to jump into that uh, area. Yeah. And then we got some news coming out of Chicago about the Bears. Um, They tried to shop Nick Foles draft night. And since then, no team is currently interested. No team has said that they will take Foles. I believe every team is aware of the situation that the Bears have put themselves in with the contract that they have him under. 
post June one, if they cut him or trade him, they're taking like a $14 million hit, I believe against the cab where if they released him before June one, they'd take like an 11 million hit or if they traded him before June one would be the best scenario. I think it was only like a $2 million hit. So bears kind of fucked themselves with how they took, took him on onto their roster under the contract that they have. I don't know if they were the ones that signed that contract for him, but I sure as hell know that they didn't think that Justin Fields was going to be around, that they were going to be able to take him. So things are moving fast. And honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised if you see Justin Fields starting day one coming up, coming to training camp. Then JC Horn, rookie, he's to wear number eight to honor Kobe Bryant. I think that's really neat um, that he's going out to do that. I'm I guarantee you that everybody on there, there'll be a number eight on every team or 24 for that same reason. Um, I feel like you're going to start to see 23s now too. Um, yeah. It's really cool that you're going to see, see people get to wearing numbers of idols of people they've looked up to their favorite numbers. So I think that's really neat and shout out to JC Horn for wearing eight being the first one leading the charge. And then sad news also about the Bears uh, running back to Reed Cohen. His brother was found dead in North Carolina. Um, it seems that he had to have been electrocuted and nobody had found him for a while. Um, cops ended up finding him at a substation platform and they're un- unsure how he died. But the early reports indicate that he was electrocuted somehow. So shout out i guess to Tariq cohen and our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family and everybody involved in the situation and we hope every, we hope everything's uh up from here getting electric uh, the only way i could think you get electrocuted is if you like fell on the tracks or something because those are all magnetically like elect like electricity running through those so you must have fell onto the train tracks or something i don't know how you get electrocuted well, on a train otherwise well, he wasn't found on the tracks, so that was interesting. Um, it seems oh, – one second here. Let me pull up the article because I had it favorited here. They believed he was died by electrocution while trying to climb power equipment. Okay. So I don't know if he was working – I don't know if he was just there to do whatever, but somehow he got electrocuted and it wasn't like he fell onto the track type of deal. So whether he was working or accidentally touched the wrong thing and got zapped, whatever the case was, it's very series of unfortunate events that happened there. Okay. Uh, You got any other points on the NFL? No, that's all I got. All right. Before we go to the NBA, I'm just going to mention a brief point with uh, within the boxing world. Um, at the press event last week uh, for the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight that's going to happen on June 6th, Logan's brother Jake um, stirring that's shit, stir, yeah, stirring shit up again. Ran into Mayweather and his team, verbally challenged him to fight down the road, stuff like that. Uh, Mayweather said, "I'm my own boss." He's like call me up anytime and then jake paul goes uh fifth grade on mayweather's ass and steals his hat and the two get into a scuffle look like jake paul might have got punched because he he was afterwards there was like a video that got released of him like crying and then when he was on the plane after his face was kind of swollen and black and blue but long story short jake paul is now prohibited to be at the event on june 6th at hard rock stadium so um uh, it kind of sucks. There's a video I actually saw earlier today, Logan Logan and Jake talking about it afterwards. And Logan's like, what the fuck are you thinking? And he's like, and Jake, Jake's like, I don't care, whatever. And then Logan's like, well, what about me? Because obviously he wants the support from his brother. Now his brother can't be there the day of the fight. I don't think that's going to have that big of an impact just because obviously Logan's going to, he's train he he doesn't need jake there to train him or anything like that it'd be different if a trainer got suspended or whatever but 
yeah, always something going on with those guys. Logan's kind of minding his business and Jake's always stirring shit up. So I just want to throw that in there. That was part of the plan. It's part of their marketing. Oh yeah. Um, There's many, many things that came out. Um, One thing over the weekend, I don't know. uh, I don't remember where exactly I heard it or who said it, but something along the lines of somebody who knows Floyd Mayweather very well and knows the, the type of bodyguards that he has around him. And they're all like six, eight D linemen who'd fuck you up in a matter of an eye, like a bad, bad of an eye. That's all a stunt. He's, they said that there's no way somebody would be able to get that close to Floyd without him fully aware of what's going on and what's going to happen here. And yeah, reports, some bystander suckered Paul got him one right in the eye. Oh, I didn't know that. Shout out to the fan who suckered his ass. Well, otherwise, they're both their teams are trying to like separate them. So who knows? Somebody from Mayweather's team could have fucking got a jab in or something. Because when as soon as Jake took his hat, it was just a mob of like twenty people, and you didn't really see what's going on. You just saw arms flying, and you'd see like one of their heads pop up now and then. So who knows? Like exactly what happened? But yeah, it's all a publicity stunt. Obviously, Jake's trying to basically line up a fight against Mayweather for maybe in the fall or winter, if Mayweather wants to go back to back that soon. Yeah. I don't know. But all I know is like the guy who said like he knows Mayweather and his boys, he wouldn't just have a black guy. He'd be out with broken. Like (laughs) they don't mess around. I easily, I should just say that like, they don't mess around. Like they've seen people thrown down flights of stairs by these people. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't think. Oh, go ahead. I just don't think it was Mayweather's team that punched him. If anything, it was his own boys or like the report was, it was some bystander who was there and just saw the shot and fucking took it. Yeah. Plus thinking about it, Mayweather. Oh, I'd take that shot. What? Mayweather wouldn't take wouldn't take that shot just because he could injure himself. He's fighting his he's fighting Logan in literally a month. Well, month minus two days or four days now. Um, so yeah, he, it'd be dumb for him to screw up his hand and then he's got to rehab that less than a month away to fight. Fight gets so, pushed off again. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. It's all all part of the Paul's plan to make more money. Um, yeah, let's shift over to the NBA here. Yeah. Big news. Jake Hole, rapper or hip-hop artist, set to play for the Rwanda Patriots in the Basketball Africa League. Um, I think this is awesome that he's going over there uh, to play hoops. I don't know if anybody follows him on Instagram or pays attention to NBA players in the offseason. Jake Cole is playing in all their pickup games. He's dropping threes. He's dunking balls. He's playing with the same talent that those guys are playing with. Uh, he did just release a video as well, draining threes, not missing um, over and over again, like curry threes, deep balls. So I, I'd love to see Jake Cole make a push to potentially make an NBA team. I think that would be awesome if – Obviously, he's got his whole music career and all that going for him. Who knows what what that life is like and his mission in that is like. But him stepping onto the court really makes me think that he really has some passion to try to go out there and play some pro ball. So let's go, J. Cole. Yeah, it's definitely doable because you got guys like uh, Shaq, uh, Damian Lillard. They got some they got some like music production, like they're in the music business. Shaq is more of a like spoof kind of guy and he just does it like for fun. He's a DJ. Shaq's a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. He does Damian it for Lillard, fun, Damian Lillard, for anybody who's seen like his Hulu commercials, he they he's not just throwing down bars for fun for a commercial. He's actually like in the music industry. So it a, can, yeah, I believe there's a lot of NBA guys that actually exactly make their own rap songs and are involved in that industry that put out stuff for their team and for themselves to get hyped up or whatever the case may be. 
Yeah. So obviously this is just turning the tables and it's definitely easier to be an NBA player and get in the music industry. It's definitely going to be harder the other way around, obviously. But yeah, Jake, see clips of J. Cole, like you said, dropping threes. He's playing pickup games with top line guys. Um, Yeah, it'd be really cool to see, obviously, from he's going into the BAL. um, So it'd be his next step from there would probably be getting into the G League, obviously, on a team underneath. Um, an NBA team, he wouldn't go straight to the NBA unless he's literally breaking records. And but at the same time, how how much, how, what kind of what kind of people is he gonna be playing against in this basketball Africa league that are gonna? Oh, if he beats this guy, he's really good. Or like, I don't know who else is in there with him. So he's got a hill to climb, but still, like you said, it'd be really cool to see him on that road if he decides to do that. Yeah, he's only going over there. It was reported. I think his contract was somewhere between like five and eight games. It was something to that extent. He was not going to be there the full season. He was just going there for a brief of time. So I wonder if that's the NBA told him, okay, this is the fast track of how you're going to get a shot. Go over there, see what you got. Come over here to the G League. Let's see what you got for a handful of games. And we'll throw you out there against some of the big boys and see how you do. Obviously, season, he's running out of time this season. But off season, they do all their spring games and all that, all that stuff. So that'd be perfect time for him to be stepping into it and practicing and joining a team and all that stuff. So that'd be yeah. really cool to see. I love J. Cole as a person and a mus- musician. He's a he's an amazing artist. So yeah, there's that the G League, the summer league in Vegas every summer. So it'd be that probably be where he'd make his NBA debut if obviously he continues to produce and do what he does so we'll definitely cover that uh as that happens and maybe even if if stats are are easily accessible for when he's over in that africa league um we'll definitely mention how he's doing over there as well especially if games are televised i think i might have to check out at least one oh for sure um moving into the actual NBA, uh, the Lakers, they got a crucial win yesterday against the Suns, 123-110. I know the Suns are kind of kind of your your favorite team to uh, win it this year out of the West. Um, again, Lakers still sit in the seventh spot. If the season ended today, they would actually play Curry and the Warriors in the playing tournament. Uh, the Lakers are now one game back from the Trailblazers, and the Blazers hold the tiebreaker from their win on Friday against the Lakers. So they would now need Portland to drop two of their last four games for the Lakers to avoid the play-in tournament. Um, two weeks ago, I asked you for the first time. Last week, I circled around to it again. You said the Lakers would avoid the play-in tournament. Do you still stick by that, or do you think that their 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 fate is kind of stuck where, where they're at at this point? Because they would have to basically win out their last four games, and again, Blazers would have to lose the two of their last. I know, score. I know. And the Lakers play the Knicks. We're which good. Is, that'd be a good game. Uh, Rockets, that's a win. And the Pacers, that's another good game. It doesn't say who their last game is. And uh, Portland, you said is ahead. Yeah, they're ahead a full game and hold a tiebreaker, so they would have to lose two games for the Lakers to move up to the sixth spot. And who do the Blazers have? They have the Rockets, so that's a dub. Jazz, that's a loss. Suns, that's a loss. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it is going to be interesting, especially look at what AD did last night or did in the win without LeBron. Uh, he fucking carried there. He carried their ass to the, to the W. And... He said, I'm back. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm – it's going to be interesting to see. It is all eyes are now on LeBron James and what he – is he back? Is he healthy? Because it seemed like he may have came back a little too early and still wasn't 100% because he wasn't moving and grooving like, like LeBron James that everybody knows how he plays. So, it's going to be really interesting to see – like I said, it's going to be all eyes on LeBron. Is he going to be tiptoeing when he's back in these games, or because they got to win every one of them? Like you said, <laughs> it's going to it's a grind. Mm-hmm. They get in that play-in tournament, I think they're toast. 
Yeah. I, th- I think Golden State's going to go. I think Golden State will gun them down. Oh, for if sure. It's the, if those two are going at it first. Yeah. They'll go and- from champions to first ones done. <laughs> well, if they lose, if they lose that game, they would then play the winner of nine and 10. So they'd have to lose two games in a row. So they wouldn't be done after losing that one, unless they would somehow fall to the nine seed, which I don't think would happen. I think they have more than enough of a lead that they're either going to be the six, seven or eight seed um, for the play in. But um, yeah, I think that'd be a really fun game to watch. Uh, kind of. LeBron, LeBron versus Curry, that's always a fun matchup to watch. Uh, if LeBron's healthy by that point, I don't see why he wouldn't be, or at least be on the court. But at the same time, AD's been kind of getting banged up too, where he's rolled ankles, back tightness, all that kind of stuff the past couple of games. Yesterday was the first full game he's played and looked good. The last two or three games before that he played, but he either had limited minutes or went out with it with some kind of injury that it re-aggravated. So obviously if, off. if, if AD gets, can stay healthy, I think that they can either stay at seven or move up to six. But if he can't, I mean, look at the, like they play the Rockets. Yes. That should be an easy win, but also look at what happened to the Bucks last week. They lost, they, they lost Giannis went down, rolled his ankle in the first two minutes Kevin Porter dropped 50 bucks lost. So that, that exact scenario could happen again, where Kevin Porter goes off or, um, he's going to drop 50 again. Well, no, but still somebody, somebody like all it takes is AD to go down. And then that's, that's a different Lakers team. Yeah. But also the bucks too. I feel like the bucks and the Lakers as comparison to defense, isn't the same. Lakers still have so many big guys that are out there on defense where the Bucs, you lose Giannis, your big guy. Lopez is great, but he can't move like Giannis can. No, yeah. And, like, some of these other big guys can. So that's where the Bucs really are fucked, is if Giannis gets hurt, you're losing in the paint every night, and you're it's, it's going to be a long, a long series. But it's great to see how they moved their half game back of that two spot, which is great to see them in. Pump the brakes, box. Pump the brakes. Stay where you're at. Yeah, no, stick, sticking with that. Like you said, they're half game back with the Nets. Uh, obviously, have a game in hand. Uh, the Bucks actually play tonight and tomorrow. They play the Spurs tonight. Um, again, they hold the tiebreaker with the Nets. Uh, it looks like the 76ers are essentially going to lock up for home court advantage. They have a three-game lead with four games to go. So if the 76ers win tomorrow, essentially they got the one seed locked up. Um so that'll be kind of good for the Bucks. Obviously, like, obviously home court advantage is good, but like we've said before, it, the one seed has not treated the Bucks well. So, um, but also if they get if the Bucks get the two seed, the 76ers go down before the conference finals, then the Bucks get home court advantage. So who knows how it's gonna play out? Um, and then what sticking with the Bucks, I guess the last NBA point I had at least. There's some rumors that Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is going to be on the chopping block after this year. If he fails to make a deep playoff run, his job can be jeopardy. Do you think this is a good move for the Bucks? Do you think this is all just speculation? Do you think it's too early to give up on them or on him? Um, and just as a reference, his record in three season with the Bucks, he is 151 and 63. So he has a 71% win percentage with the Bucks in the last three years. So where do you weigh in on uh, Mike Boonholzer potentially getting the boot? If he gets the boot, that's on Giannis wanting him out. Um, the record speaks for himself. Um, I'd like to see another coach come in there and do the same thing. Like, I understand that you do have Giannis on, on your team, but also at the same time, the other pieces and moves that they've made and how he's – He's made them really relevant again. Like Giannis wasn't Giannis his very first year that he stepped in the league, like how he is now where he takes, he can take over, but now he like Giannis's path reminds me so much of like LeBron's path, obviously not as dominant as LeBron was, but come in as a young kid, then you put on fucked on a muscle, which he did then he realized, hey, I'm, I don't need to be that jacked. So he leaned out a little bit. Now he's working on his shooting. 
He's going to get your dial of shooting game in. And that's really what he needs to do. I feel like he really needs to um, kind of like for as big as he is, he's not as physical of a player as you'd like to see. Like, you know what I mean? He's not built like a Shaq or like a Kendrick Perkins was built. You know what I mean? Like a Barkley, like a thick ass. But also it's a very built. different NBA now. From True, what those but guys the played. game is still won basically in the paint though. Yeah. Like that's where the game is won and lost is on the, on the line. Just like in football, the line of scrimmage is where the game is won and lost. That's kind of like same in hockey, like the face-off circles, kind of like where the game's won or lost. Like that possession battle is huge because if you don't have the ball, you can't score. Mm-hmm. So, like I, yeah, he he just needs to develop, I think, into a little bit more of a shooter and lay off of the trying to be a tough guy. Yeah, no, like, I agree. Yeah, and I just think like. Like my next point is like kind of related to this whole thing. Zion breaking his finger or spraining his finger or whatever. And then the coach calling out the league for them, not calling calls on Zion. And it's just like, Zion, you're that big of a guy. Like you're going to the hole. Guys aren't going to move out of the way for you, but also at the same time, you kind of got to protect. Like I, everybody takes those shots Jordan took those shots. All the superstars. People get pissed that you're that good and fucking they'll give it to you when you're going to the hole. So it's part of the game. But I also respect it a ton that you have your coach standing up for your young superstar. Just trying to make something happen here. I'd like, I believe they're still in the playoff race. Are they not? The Pelicans? I want to say that they're just outside the bubble, if I remember correctly. If oh, not, shit. They're two and a half games behind the Spurs for 10. Yeah. Which they've been kind so of quiet all year. Wall. Yeah. But still, trying to start momentum, encouraging, you know, having the back of your young superstar on your team. That's a great move, I feel like, by the coach and the organization and it's going to be interesting to see what basketball decides to do now that they, you know, that all leagues kind of adjust to the superstars. Zion is this new wave who's physical and super athletic, like once in a generational type talent by how he can do what he does and shoot how he shoots already. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the NBA leans more towards allowing more offense or if they're going to, Hey, let the boys play. Defense is going to be defense, and if you want to take it to the hole, you you know what you're going to be facing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it definitely gets redundant after for some games where it's drive in, foul, drive in, foul, drive in, foul. Obviously, if it's if it's like blatant, like in real time, you can see it. But it's like if a fall, if a fall gets caught or gets called and then they go into replay and it goes like slow motion and you see like a dude's thumb get nicked a little bit it's like okay like if you need replay to to jurisdict whether or not it's a foul then you're ruining the game like if it's if a dude gets thrown to the ground if his arm just gets hacked and it's just a huge ass slap that you can hear from across the arena yes that's a foul but just these little nudges these little bumps these little like it's it's a game of inches like with, with every game is like football, basketball. It's all, it's all a game of inches. And when you got top of the line athletes from all over the world on one court together, all going a hundred percent, there's going to be a lot less give. And yes, NBA is, is not a contact sport, but I, I don't know that it's just, it's, it's just frustrating watching these games take forever because they're just constantly going to the foul line. And some players know they can get there because of their reputation of where no matter what, if they go in, unless it's a, if, unless it's a blow by layup and nobody touches them, they're going to the foul line because if somebody breathes on them a little too hard, it's a foul. Yeah. I mean, being a hockey player growing up, 
being a hockey player, you kind of have those rifts with the basketball players in school. And uh, basically, you just call them all pussies. And uh, <laughs> that's the end of the story. <laughs> um, any other points on the NBA? Uh, yeah. Joel Embiid, MVP. Is that pretty much locked up? Yeah, I mean, as of late, it seems like Jokic is still holding his ground, but he's the Nuggets are slipping a little bit. Obviously, one of the top teams in the West still, but he if if uh, if the if the MVP was based on three quarters of the season, I'd say Jokic. But Embiid has kind of stepped up, got that separation between the Nets and the Bucks for that number one seed in the East. Um, obviously. Um, listening to like inside inside the NBA with like Shaq, um, Barkley, uh, the Jet, those guys on that panel, they're, all, they're always kind of button heads on as far as the, how the MVP conversation works. And though it, in my opinion, the team's record shouldn't be a factor. It obviously is because I think that that's, what is going to be the edge for Embiid is he's number one of the East and the Nuggets are, um, where are they at? Number two or number three in the West, if I remember correctly. I'm just going to look quick. But they, uh, like I said, unfortunately, I I wish that that wasn't the case. Okay, they're fourth. So it shouldn't be the case. A team record should not have an impact on whether or not you win MVP, but obviously that's what it's going to come down to on top of Embiid kind of keeping par with how he's played all season and Jokic taking a half step down. Um, yeah, I agree. Embiid's probably got it locked up at this point. I am on to the baseball. What do you got for baseball? Yeah, in the MLB, it was a fun weekend of baseball. A couple games or uh, series finished up yesterday. Uh, Nolan Arenado um, of the Cardinals, he hit a home run against his former team on Sunday. And afterwards was asked about it. He says, definitely weird playing against his old Rockies team. Um, But also, it's got to be a good feeling, too. A team that you move on from, you come and you go yard against them. So that's always fun to see. New York Mets pitcher Jacob DeGrom uh, sets MLB history, becomes only the second pitcher since the year 1900 to have a sub one ERA and 60 strikeouts in his first six starts. Uh, Through Sunday, he has an ERA of 0.68 and 65 strikeouts. So just amazing numbers he's putting up. Unfortunately, on Sunday, he did uh, get pulled out early due to some back tightness, but um, still, ama- amazing, uh, amazing gear he's having so far. Uh, moving on to our Brewers, they finished their series with the Marlins yesterday. They won the series two to one, as well as winning yesterday's game two to one. Uh, it took ten innings to do so. Uh, they have today's today off, and they'll be back in action tomorrow as they head home for a series against the division leading Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals, I believe, have two games up against the Brewers right now, so. Uh, this series will be a, a good one for them to try to get some leeway back there. Um, sticking with the Brewers as well, Brewers closer Josh Hader becomes the fastest pitcher to reach 400 strikeouts in MLB history. I believe it was 263 innings. I don't have it written down, but I think that was the number. It was like two and a half innings faster than whoever the previous holder was. So um, Hader is... Arguably one, arguably one of the best closers, if not the best closer in MLB history right or in the league right now. So um, great to see him hit that mark. And then the last point on the MLB, uh, the Dodgers are still looking for answers as they have lost their last five series of games and 15 of their last 20 games have been losses. Still a lot of season left, but with the Padres and Dines playing really solid baseball right now, they can fall behind quickly in that division if they don't figure things out. So yeah, that's all I had uh, in the MLB for today. Switching, or um, I guess one, one final point I wanted to or mention before I throw things over to you um, in the NHL. NCAA, we don't talk about them a whole lot, but it's kind of, it's related to baseball as well. Crazy thing I saw yesterday, D3 baseball. 
Southern Virginia has an 0-21 record. They went up against the number three ranked Salisbury University. Um, the game was suspended after four innings on Friday, and that and Salisbury was leading three to one. Saturday, it took 23, yes, 23 innings to decide the game. Southern Virginia would go on to win their first game of the season, rallying and winning seven to six. So I just wanted to throw that in there. That was just a crazy thing to read about. I literally had to back up watching it. I was like, did it say 23 innings? Um, So what a way to get your first win of the season and 23 innings. That's unbelievable. You said that was Southern Virginia? Yeah. Shout out to the boys out there in Southern Virginia. <laughs> like, let's go. That's awesome. It's kind of like you boys are probably having one of the most, obviously the record ain't the greatest, but you guys are probably having some good times um, playing and especially getting that dub against that third ranked team. Man, you guys got to be on cloud nine rock stars on campus after that dub right there. So shout out to the boys and, Maybe we'll do some reaching out and see if we can get one of the guys on, on the squad to come on the pod. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. That, that's that, Like I said, it's D3 baseball, but when you when you make headlines like that, it doesn't matter whether you're Little League or MLB or anywhere in between. It's just – it's awesome. So, yeah, throw things over to you. Uh, things are kind of heating up again with the NBA playoffs around the corner. The NHL is right there as well. What you got going on over there? Um, bigger, bigger news. Um, Alex Ovechkin possible return Tuesday for the Washington Capitals as the season is coming to an end this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when he actually will step back onto the ice and how good he's going to look out there. Other news. Um, some firings or I should say mutual parting of ways between coaches and organizations here. You have John Tortorella out of Columbus after six seasons with them. He did a hell of a job with them leading them. They did beat the president's trophy winning Tampa Bay lightning. I do believe that they'd swept them four Oh in the first round. So shout out to you torts. Um, you're going to get a job somewhere else. Maybe come on over to the Flyers. We could use some spark on the bench. Um, also, Rick Tockett, Hall of Famer, I do believe. He is out of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he will have another job as well. Um, he did a hell of a job for that organization, turning them around from being last in the league pretty much every single season to now being right on the verge of the playoffs. And... Yeah, really turning it around with who they've drafted and te- really how they like ran their organization has been really he, – he's done a hell of a job with what he's had down there in Arizona. So shout out to him and the Yotes. Um, <clears throat> Montreal Canadiens, some more news um, about some people coming back. Goaltender Carey Price and one of their veterans, Brendan Gallagher – expected to be back in healthy 100% full strength by the start of the playoffs. That is if they make the playoffs, they are one of the last teams that is on the bubble to potentially make, make the playoffs. Calgary flames are right on their heels, trying to catch them for that last spot. Um, The standings do sit currently. The flames have 52 games played. 50 or 49 points. So they're really eight points back and they have six times. They have 12 points left on the table. Canadians have 54 games played 57 points. So Montreal needs to win one game, pick up two points and it is over. Um, They've struggled to do so in their last three. I do believe they face Toronto. Nope. Excuse me. They face McDavid, McNasty, I should say. They face him in the Oilers tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. So I'm going to have to check that game out. Um, Sticking with McDavid as well. I mean, that was the biggest news, I feel like, coming out of the sports world around the weekend. Connor McDavid hits 100 points in 53 games. That is absolute insanity. 
you hear Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux coming out and saying, I don't think I would ever be able to sniff those numbers in today's league, like in today's league. Um, if he played back then, dude, I feel like he would have Gretzky type numbers, if not higher than Gretzky, just for he's the most skilled player hockey has ever seen in the game with his skill, his speed and his, I guess his sense, his puck smart, his hockey sense. Um, Crosby, I mean, he's kind of been the guy, been the guy before, like him and Ovechkin, you know, were the two big name guys who were battling it out for the longest time. It's really McDavid and maybe Nathan McKinnon, I guess you could put maybe heir to the throne type of deal over in Colorado, but McDavid is just unfucking believable and it is so amazing to watch him night in and night out. And for all you people who haven't watched hockey, who are interested about the sport or people who haven't got the chance to really watch him or the Edmonton Oilers, I really, really suggest you go and watch, just watch him when he's out there. Cause it is unbelievable what he's doing for the game. So shout out to you, McDavid. Uh, that's incredible. Also shout out to Austin Matthews hits 40 goals on the season. Um, on pace for 68 goals in a regular season. That is just insane. Kid can't seem to go a game without putting the puck in the back of the net. Uh, he's a tank. He's got a big ass on him, which really helps him in front of the net standing there to be able to deflect the puck in, but he's most known for his shot. His shot is one of the most pierce, pierce snipes in the league, his wrister and his snap of just how quick he gets it off the pucks in and out of the net before you even realize what, what's going on. And everybody's looking around like, did that go in? Did that go in? But yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Awesome for him to do that as Toronto's going to be in the playoffs and they're my pick. Like, I'd love to see Montreal, Cole Caulfield. Obviously, I'd love to see him with his Stanley Cup in his fucking rookie season. How unreal would that be? Or the Carolina Hurricanes, see Max McCormick win the Stanley Cup. That'd be awesome, too. But I don't know, man. Like, it's really going to come down to who gets out of the West. It's going to be Vegas or Colorado or Minnesota. One of those three teams is going to be in the finals of the Western Conference finals. That is no no question. Um, it's going to be interesting. Who are they going to play? It's either going to be Carolina, Florida, Toronto, or Tampa Bay or Nashville, all of which are great teams. Um, Carolina, I do believe, is going to win the President's Trophy. Just kidding. Vegas is now in the driver's seat to win the President's Trophy. So, I mean, those of you who get to watch the West night in and night out, you guys are the luckiest hockey fans in the world, getting to see Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis, which is on a super hot streak right now. Um, yeah, they're going to be at each other's throats the first round, and it's really going to it's going to be awesome to see. You know, Vegas is going to be playing St. Louis. That's already kind of assured. But then who's going to get the home ice advantage? Is it going to be Colorado or Minnesota? So I feel like if Minnesota gets that home ice advantage, it could things could go haywire in the Minnesota hockey state. Uh, those fans are fucking ruthless over there. So that's really all I got um, besides this last bit here. Jack Capuano agrees to head coach the 2021 U.S. men's national team. So shout out to you, Jack. Uh, that's going to be cool. Cool to see that. And Hockey fans are excited. Hopefully they let the pros play this year. Um, countries have been begging for it. Players, I mean, COVID shortened season two, almost seasons in a row. I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if they weren't itching to play a little bit more hockey. So, especially since it's not as physical, you know, you're not fighting in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's pretty much guys playing tummy sticks out there just shaking hands and excited to meet afterwards and crush some beers down in the Olympic village. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess the last point for today, um, last time we talked about golf was a bastards, but definitely have to mention this today. 
Roy McIlroy gets his first event win in 18 months, so a year and a half um, at the Wells Fargo Championship of all places. Obviously, a, a, big, a, a big event every year. He would finish the tournament minus 10. Uh, Abraham Answer would finish second, one stroke behind him at minus nine. Um, again, great to see some guys who are kind of in that. Rory's been around for a while. He kind of went cold. Um, good to see him come back uh, after a year and a half to get his first win. So shout out to Rory for doing that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, that's another thing, too, that I feel like we're going to start doing more on the podcast as well. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to Spit and Chicklets, but how uh, Ryan Whitney kind of has his own little golf talk every time that he gets out on the course, shoots good round, gets together with some buddies or some interesting things coming up. And uh, I'm just going to get on here and uh, pump my tires real quick. Shot two great rounds over the weekend, one over at Glacier Woods over there out in Iowa and one at the Ridges over there in Wisconsin Rapids. Shout out, shout out. 77-76. I'm on a heater right now. Looking to get out there, hopefully again soon to keep the streak continuing. But uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, the game's cooking right now. So just thought I'd uh, mention that out there and shout out to those country clubs. And uh, maybe I can get a free round. <laughs> yeah. No, I next week we'll be getting back out again. I know last, last week we got out. Um, yeah, I definitely love to do some more golf content over the summer. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm moving in the next couple of weeks here. So We'll be closer to each other to be able to hopefully do some more content pieces for you guys instead of everything being over Zoom all the time. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that's all I got for today. Yeah, I think it was the putting. I think it was the putting. Because I was just looking when we went, it was 89. So I dropped about 10 strokes, just a little, little change in the grip. Thanks, Colin Morikawa. Thank you for the tip video, bud. But yeah, thanks. Thanks uh, again for everyone stopping by. Hope you enjoyed the show. Like, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And uh, yeah, we will be back at it tomorrow with Jake Adams. Excited to have him on here, a comedian slash golf enthusiast. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, Feel free to Google him and look some things up about him. And we're uh, super excited to have him in here tomorrow and uh, looking forward to uh, laughing it up. Uh, hope, hope I'm feeling some good energy coming for tomorrow's interview. So should be a good one for all you, all you fans listening. For sure. Yeah. We'll see you guys tomorrow for another great interview and have a great rest of your day. Peace.